What is up, everybody? This is the Log Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Heskett, and this is episode 63. Today's guest is Logan DeCamp. He is a coach, but he has an interesting backstory. So his degree is actually in golf course management. Uh, he was originally from Quincy, Illinois, and he has played victim to his past life experiences, letting his speech impediment and the way people made fun of him determine his direction in his life. In 2020, he started to study more about exercise nutrition, and then he watched how after his mom lost uh, over 100 pounds, she totally changed her life, and then he helped his dad with his health and getting rid of pain and suffering in his life. So he decided to start his own coaching business after becoming, he decided one day just to move to Utah and cut his salary and have to become a personal trainer. And now he has his own online coaching business. So we're going to get into it. What's up, Logan? Hey, Chris. All right. So Logan, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you became a coach. Oh man, that's a loaded question <laughs> right there, man. I could, Okay. So for those that are listening in, um, I do want to provide some context uh, because you might not be able to see me on camera. Um, I do have a speech impediment. So um, if you hear me like take like a longer pause, maybe stumble a little bit. I promise it's not the Zoom meeting. Um, it's, it's just me, you know, trying to get my words out. So um, who is Logan DeCamp? You know, that's been a really hard Thing I've been trying to learn more about, and it's been a really evolving journey as I really look back on my life and, you know, really just try and figure out how did I get here today? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm from Illinois. Um, I have a degree in golf course management, um, which, you know, uh, it's funny how I got into that, you know, so going back to like the very beginning stages of my life growing up, um, in Illinois, my mom, she had me when I was 19. My dad was drinking a lot back then. So he was in and out of jail a lot. So, you know, I didn't really have a lot of parents uh, growing up. So I kind of had to learn um, how to grow up pretty quickly, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Right. And um, once I turned 13, I thought I knew everything. Um, And that's (laughs) every 13 year old. Right. Exactly. Right. So, um, from, from there, I started hanging around, you know, the wrong crowd. Um, I started drinking and smoking at 13, um, you know, just doing a lot of dumb stuff. And then when I was like 15, my mom came to me and was like, uh, it's really funny. Now that I look back at it, she was, so she was dating the mayor of a small, excuse me, she was dating the uh, the mayor of a small town in Missouri called Monroe City, Missouri. And she's like, hey, do you want to move there? Um, and at the time I was 15, I was um, going into my junior year of, uh, excuse me, my junior year of high school. And I don't know why, but I just said yes. And like that that moment right there, I didn't realize it at the time was a really big moment for me because it changed the, my look on life and kind of where I was going. Um, so I changed my environment. I changed schools. I got into golf and, um, that, that, that kind of saved me. And as I, you know, as I look back at it, 
changing my environment at 15 and doing uncomfortable things like that, I think really spiked my anxiety a little bit more. So my speech impediment started to get worse and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I I did have like, you know, growing up, people would make fun of me sometimes for like my speech impediment and golf became like my safe heaven. And I was like, okay, I don't have to talk to nobody here. I can just kind of stay in my own lane. And I went to school for that. And I ended up doing golf course management for about four, four, excuse me, four to five years. I got a degree and it allowed, and like it, I'm going to allow me to travel all over. Like I traveled to um, Georgia, Ohio, Missouri, um, Colorado, California. And like, these are very high caliber golf courses that I, that I worked at. And I just remember in 2020, I was working at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it I'm at the time, uh, Chris, but uh, that, although it was such a high moment in my life to work in the city that I dreamed of, I was so depressed and unfulfilled with my life. And I didn't realize it at the time, like, 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 like I mentioned, but then I realized that I was playing a victim to my past, past experiences. You know, I started to really, you know, tell myself, well, people are just going to make fun of you. So you just got to stay in golf course management. And I did that, but then I ended up being so depressed and unfulfilled. And, um, that's, you know, and, and the year of 2020 was a crazy year, but the world shut down. It just allowed me to really get a good understanding of who am I and what am Mm -hmm. I doing? And that's when I started to, you know, see that health and fitness has, it, it, it really helped me through the most challenging times. And once I started to learn more about it, I realized that it could potentially, well, now knowing what I know now, Chris, I strongly believe that nutrition and exercise are the vehicles for being able to lower risk of disease and cancer. And I strongly believe that it could have saved my dad but it was far too late. So now it's my mission in life to help people apply nutrition and fitness so they can, you know, put disease in remission, maybe even lower chance of, excuse me, lower chance of disease and just really, really thrive in their life. Sorry, that was a long. That you're good, uh, dude. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, lots of ups and downs there, but ultimately you, you're here now you're a coach and you run, uh, champ camp fitness and nutrition. I said mm-hmm. that right. Right. Yep. Like that's almost like a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> um, so who, who do you mostly work with? Like what's your, uh, clientele in your, your coaching program? Yeah. So right now in champ camp, uh, we help busy office per, excuse me, busy office professionals, mm-hmm. um, usually like middle-aged mom and dads, uh, we help them more sedentary uh, people in that um, um, environment. Okay, awesome. So you had something here, um, victim to victor. It's just that, that's the prompt you gave me. I'm like, what does this mean? So I'm sure that has some phrase, something to do with you. So tell me like, what what is this victim to victor thing you have going on? Yeah. Um, so this is actually on our, um, excuse me, on our logo for our brand, because I strongly believe 
a lot of people are being held down by their past experiences. Okay. And, and as a result, they are subconsciously doing things that are not allowing them to get the result are the, are the, are the, uh, excuse me, the, uh, success that they want in life. Mm-hmm. So our, 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 our whole mission at champ camp is not to just help people lose weight, but it's really to be able to step into a new identity, become a victor of your life. So you can really thrive in every area of your life. Love that. So when somebody comes to you, where do you start them? So like, I'm coming to you today, Logan, uh, I need to lose weight. I'm not feeling like super confident in myself. Like where are you going to start this person on their fitness and nutrition journey? I mean, it probably, so it, it definitely depends on the person. And, you know, I do want to provide some context that like, you know, each and every single person might be going through a different problem, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm essentially to provide more of a generic approach. What we really do is get a good understanding of what you truly want. Because a lot of people, it's, I just want to lose weight. I, I I just want to move better. But there's a bigger purpose behind that. Because yes. in two months, whenever things get hard, and you just want to lose weight and move with a purpose, you're not going to want to do it. So we, so we really have to identify what you truly want so we can really, so we can really define what really drives and motivates you. Okay. I love that. So well, is there like an exercise? Like I have an exercise I take people through that it um, helps them figure that out. But do you have an exercise you take uh, your clients through to help pinpoint that, you know, that why or whatever you want to call it um, to help them figure out like, oh, this is actually why I went to lose weight. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because this is something new that I recently discovered that we're that we're starting to slowly enroll in our program because i believe we all we all struggle to clearly define what we want in life right Mm -hmm. yep like i've been struggling with this for years but if i were to uh excuse me if i were to sit down and talk to you chris and and i was to um excuse me and i were to ask you what what do you not want in life? What do you not want? What do I not want? Okay. Yeah. You could probably just tell me five things off yeah. the top of your head, right? Yeah. Easy. Right? But now that you did that, what do you do in re- return? You do the complete opposite of that, right? So uh, okay. Right. So for um example, I have a client that I train. Um, he's a he's a dad. Um, he's in his 30s, I think. Um, and you know, I was just talking the, the other day, cause like, he's wanting to like be more flexible. He, he like wants to lose his belly. Um, and you just overall wants to build some muscle and just feel better. And I like, I was like, okay, why, why do you want to do these things? And, you know, we, we were talking for like 10 minutes and finally he told me a story about how his brother-in-law, um, is a really big bodybuilder. And he's seen that when his brother-in-law doesn't take care of his health, he often just is not like, he doesn't look like a bodybuilder anymore. Mm-hmm. He just has like this big, this big belly. He cannot move, you know? And also to add on to that, this dad in his past, he went through a experience where he was a little overweight 
his risk of uh, his risk of disease went up, and he missed out on special opportunities with his kids. Okay. So now, what does he do? He does everything he can to overall be a better parent mm-hmm. to really spend the time with his kids. So I believe to really you know find what you want in life, it 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 really really starts with what what you don't want because subconsciously you're going to do the things um, that you want to do in life because you've seen somebody go through something or you've been through something yourself. Right. I like that. I'm like, that's a little different approach of like, just right off the bat, like, what do you not want in life? Okay. Like, like you said, here are these five things. Okay. Let's do the complete opposite of that. Right. Exactly. Like nobody thinks of that. I'm like, oh, okay. That seems way easier than the exercise. I do an exercise called five, six, seven. And it's like, okay, maybe I should just do, I'll try that out sometime. Um, So another thing you say is add, don't subtract. So what does that mean to you? Is this like making sure we're adding food in or what, what are we not subtracting? (laughs) So we're trying to add everything in. So this is something that I first learned from Mind Pump Media. So I do want to give uh, more of, um, excuse me, um, a credit to them because yeah. I did learn them for, uh, from from them. But essentially, you know, after working with hundreds of people, I've seen everybody has a list of things that they want to take out of their diet. I need, right? Exactly. Like I need to stop eating the barbecue chips. I need to stop drinking the soda. I need to stop doing this and I need to stop doing this. And people don't, people don't, uh, excuse me, people don't realize it, but what you're doing is essentially conditioning yourself for failure because telling yourself you need to stop doing something is doing nothing to move you forward. So rather than telling yourself that we need to remove everything from your diet, we look at what are the things you're lacking in your nutrition, in your workouts, in your lifestyle. And let's just start to slowly focus on trying to add those things back in. So for the people that are listening in and might not know what that look like, it's, you know, what I've seen is everybody doesn't eat enough protein. So let's just start trying to add more protein. Okay, let's, and then also um, another thing people struggle with is, uh, excuse me, walking, steps. How, yep, how, yep. how can we add more steps in and then add more sleep? And then all of a sudden you have this um, more of a snowball effect that starts to take into effect that um, allows you to become a better version of yourself by just simply starting to add, not subtract. That's, to the audience who've been listening for a while, you, this is probably like the 13th time you've heard these same things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little, if you're not doing those, you probably should be doing it. Like, like, yeah. uh, so in my program, we call it the core four it's protein, water, uh, sleep and movement. We need to add those things in, add, don't subtract. And then, yeah. So it's like the same thing. So yeah, you guys, you guys, if you're not doing those things, here's another, another coach saying the same thing do those things. They're kind of important. They're boring, but they're important. Right. Everybody looks past them. You know, I think I heard somewhere that it takes like seven times for, for somebody to to hear something before they start doing it. Yeah. Yep. Seven times. It's also like seven times before, like someone buys, like if you get an email. So I remember talking to an old coworker, like 
if I don't delete this, he's trying to like budget. He's like, okay, so if I see this email for something I want seven times, I'm going to buy it. So he would like delete all the emails. He's like, unsub. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are, you know, that and my, my little shout out to my friend, Danielle, uh, the money coach, uh, if you're trying to budget, that that's one way to do it to get off the email list and don't see it seven times. But if you need a habit and you're trying to learn seven times, so here, here's probably number seven for you with Logan. There you um, go. Right. <laughs> so protein is super common. Like that's something I work with, with my clients as well. What tips do you have for getting more protein? And I literally had this conversation with someone today of like, what are like easy protein sources to increase in my diet? Because I'm struggling to hit my protein goal without going over on calories? Yeah, I love this question. So the first thing that I recommend is breakfast. Everybody struggles to get protein in first thing in the morning. Yep, I've yep. seen it time and time again. So something that I would recommend is first thing in the morning, get 20 to 30 grams of protein first thing in the morning, or um, if not more. Now, the second thing that I believe is gonna help a lot of people is so for example, I've, I've seen this time and time again with clients is I'll give them like a protein target. Let's just mm -hmm. say it's 150 grams, right? And some people freak out like, oh my God, that's so much protein. 150 grams. Are you crazy? And they just freak out. Right? So what I always do that always just lowers the anxiety and feeling overwhelmed is let's just break it up. What does that look like throughout the day? So let so let's say you get snacks in and they're 20 to 30 grams of protein at each snack. Okay. So we take one 150 minus you know 20 to 30 grams. And then you have um math is hard on camera. You have 130 grams of protein, right? Yep. So then yep. you do 130 grams of protein divided by three or four meals, and then that's how much protein you should shoot for at each meal. Now, for the people that are watching, hopefully that helps lower some anxiety, stress, and overwhelming, you know, trying to hit a specific target, break it up. Um, you know, the, the third thing that I could recommend to add on to that is be careful with protein powders. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm not sure how many, um, how much of your, uh, excuse me, how much of your, uh, um, sorry, I don't know how much of your audience knows about protein powders. Um, but a lot of them have been shown to have heavy toxic metals in them. They've, they've been shown to have a lot of art, like, excuse me, a lot of artificial sweeteners in them. Um, and a lot of people are just downing protein, like it's going out of style to get their protein up. Protein is a supplement. It's supposed to help supplement your diet for more protein. So if you need protein powders, I would highly suggest to find ones that have been studied upon and have been proven to not have heavy toxic metals in them and artificial sweeteners and things like that. Um, and then the last thing that I could maybe add here for getting more protein in is, um, is really just make sure that your snacks are, well, I guess here, let me take that back. The, the last thing that I could recommend is intentionally seek out protein like you're freaking crazy. <laughs> okay. And I and I and I know that might sound crazy for people that are that are uh, that are maybe listening into this, but to provide more context on that, I'll just give I'm um, an example, right? So, 
this past weekend, I was traveling. I went to um, Missouri to see my mom, my my brother and my sister. And um, I was intentionally thinking about the day of travel, the time while I'm there and the time coming back and just trying to plan and prepare my days to make sure I'm getting enough protein. Now, some people might think that that's like borderline eating disorder. Um, it's not. And, and the reason why it's not is because I look at the reverse of what happens if I don't take care of my health, because I've seen my dad go through cancer and, car and cardiovascular disease for 11 years. I've seen what it's like if you don't take care of your health. So I'm not like a quote unquote health nut. I just do this because I've seen what, what it's like to go through bad health. Mm -hmm. And that's why I intentionally am trying to look for ways to get more protein and trying to add things into my lifestyle, going back to that whole principle of add, don't subtract. Yeah. That's something I talk with my clients a lot. It's like every time you eat, you're eating protein. Anyone who's struggling with protein, which is 95% of clients when they come on, very rarely do I have, a, I have one client right now. She's like, I'm always on protein. Oh, always over on protein. I'm like, you're the only one, like you are the only client right now. Um, but yeah, it's every single meal. Like, okay, if you're going to have a snack, where's the protein aim for somewhere 15 to 30 grams of protein at that meal. It depends on obviously like your goal, like 20 grams at a, like you said, 20 to 30, which, you know, that's, I just go 15 to 30 with clients. Um, you've just add it every time you eat, you're traveling. Great. Where's the protein? Just, right. just like you said, be, be a little crazy. It's just protein every single time. And it just helps keep you full. So you're yeah. not like eating everything and anything like the trail mix, like, Oh, I'm traveling. Trail mix is healthy. And then you, you ate 1200 calories of nuts and chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's no protein in that. <laughs> no, there, there's very little before someone, if someone's going to be like, wait, there's protein in nuts. There's like, Forever, well, peanut butter per serving is eight grams, and then you're going to get like 16 grams of fat in there. So the math does it doesn't math. It's not a great protein source. So for you guys, like yes, there's protein, but for every 10 grams you're eating, you're going to get 20 grams of fat. Right. It just doesn't add up and make sense in the long no. run. No, definitely not. Um, so I love that always adding, we do the same approach of like trying to add more, add more, add more, and slowly over time that kind of like pushes out the other stuff. It doesn't like eliminate it. It's just like, oh, we just slowly start to remove it. Um, but, uh, another thing you have here is moving with a purpose. So move with purpose. What, what does that mean within your program? Oh, yes. I love this. Um, so move with the purpose. I've seen in my experience working with people, Chris, is that as we age, people just stop moving with a purpose. And what I and what I mean by that is if you think about your your day right now, mm -hmm. so whether you're driving in the car, you know, um, listening into this podcast, or maybe you're cooking dinner, or maybe you're spending you know time with your kids, whatever it might be, like just think about your day. What plane of motion did did you move in all day long? 99% of people listening to this are moving in one plane of motion, forwards and backwards. Yep. And as you age, our bodies are not made to move like that. 
So that's why whenever you're 50 years old and the milk drops out of your backseat of your car and you twist and turn to try and catch it, you pull your back out because you stop moving in different planes of motion and you stopped moving with, with, with the purpose. Yep. So moving with the purpose is intentionally being able to move your, your joints and your muscles through full range of motion. So your body is able to have less chance of getting hurt and you're more mobile and you, you know, you have better long, you, you have, excuse me, you have a healthy, long longevity as you age. Okay. So the different ranges of motion. Um, yeah, I've seen that with many older clients of all you do is like move forward and back, forward, back, forward, back. And then it's like, okay, you go sideways once and you roll an ankle and break an ankle. Exactly. Or, or you fall off like the sidewalk and it's like, from you would think it's not a big deal, but because you've never moved sideways and that small tripping, like you just go down hard. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think to, um, expand on this further so people can really get a really good understanding of what of what like I'm talking about here whenever you go to the gym I want you to just look around just look around at every piece of equipment in the gym all of them have one thing in common one thing in common they're in one plane of motion they're either in front of you or they're be are there or excuse me they are behind you right so you know you might be going to the gym. You might be, you know, trying to improve your health, which is great. But it's also really important that when you go to the gym and you're doing these things, that you are not staying on a piece of machine, constantly moving in one plane of motion. Like you need to move your body in different ranges of motion and train that consistently. So your body is able to not adapt to one specific movement pattern. And what would be like some different exercises or something somebody could do to move in those ranges of motions that they're not doing right now? So my favorite one that I do with a lot of my older clients um, is a lateral lunge. So people that are watching, they might not know what a lateral, a, a lateral lunge is. So you could essentially do some um, research on it, but essentially it's you widen your legs out um, and you put all your weight into one leg and you do a, a hip hinge into that leg um, and then come back up and switch legs back and forth. If if that's too challenging, put a box down, transfer all your weight to one leg, sit, sit on the box and come back up, right? So like that's one of my staples I do all the time. Another favorite is a matrix lunge. So a ma a matrix lunge is a forward, a reverse, but then a row, excuse me, a rotational type lunge. That's for more of, I'm an advanced lifter, but once you progress and you start getting more mobile, more flexible, you can do those. Um, another staple that I do a lot is, uh, excuse me, um, a, um, sorry, a, cable chop. Mm -hmm. So a cable chop is you grab the cable, you hold it out in front of you and you twist and turn to where you're training your core. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of people as they age, they have low back pain, but it can be prevented by moving with, with, with a purpose and really, really training your core as well too. So those are like three staples that we do a lot of. Nice. Um, I love the reverse lunges and yeah, I'm glad you brought up the 
the core stuff because we program the same stuff, the payoff presses, the chops, uh, the ro uh, cable rotations and band. You guys, if you're working from home, you can also use bands for the same things. Mm -hmm. uh, so like uh, cable or band rotations. So everyone does like core in the same thing. Like I'm going to do crunches and planks and like planks are fine. They're a great place to start, but you can get those different planes of motion. Like you said, with your core training and it'd be real core training rather than like just more freaking crunches and flutter kicks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because um, a lot of my clients that go through our program, we do core, but it's core. Like they've never seen before. Yeah. Because everybody's used to planks and flutter kicks, but no, we have some fun with it and it's a little more extreme for sure. <laughs> nice. Um, do you use, uh, for like your upper body, do you do any different planes of motion or use like, uh, any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, unconventional fitness tools. I think a unconventional tool that is not as popular, maybe it is to some people that are listening in, but I believe if, if you train at home, this is like something you need to get in your gym is, um, a, excuse me, a suspension trainer, mm -hmm. like a TRX. Yeah. You can do so much on those. Like one of my favorites that I do with all my clients is a YTW. And the reason why is, Yeah. And the reason why is because we're all on our computers these days. We got this forward posture going on, which then results in neck pain, migraines, low energy, no confidence. So you start doing Y. So you start doing YTWs. You get better posture. All of a sudden, with better posture comes more confidence, more productivity, more energy, and you just overall start feeling better. People look past posture so much, but like really, if you want to just have more confidence, just really and and improve your posture. I mean, like look at Superman, you know, like the Superman pose. There, there, there's been re there's been research on that that like doing the Superman pose, and I could be wrong on this, so don't quote me on this, but I believe there was research that said that like doing the Superman pose for like so many seconds a day could like naturally spike testosterone maybe even hmm. but it has been shown to really boost confidence as well too that yes. i know for sure okay so how does improving your posture actually improve your confidence so <clears throat> that's a good question chris and i you know to really add on to that to help answer it i like to look at it in the reverse okay mm -hmm. so let's so let's say you have no confidence right yep. what yep. do you normally have you have your head down shoulders down and yep. you just are not really feeling upright and good about yourself but mm -hmm. so, you know recall back to the moments that you felt like maybe you hit like a new personal record in the gym or maybe you just really nailed that job interview what what sort of body language did you have you most likely had your chest up high head your your head was held high and you overall felt great mm -hmm. right like me just getting better better posture automatically boosts my mood already so i don't know the exact science why better posture helps boost your confidence but it's been shown in body language and psychology for some time now that you know in order to have a better mood and overall feel better about yourself people pop their chest off and have their head held high and just overall feel better. 
hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know like physiologically when we have shitty posture, um, we cut off some of our lung function. So we can't like get enough oxygen in. So that's Mm. one, like one thing with that. Um, but I liked how you went with the opposite because there are, there is definitely plenty of psychology to go behind. Like you have poor posture, you're not going to feel confident or, um, just simply like if you're like always crossing your arms or you're crossing your feet or legs and having a very closed posture rather than open, like you're very resistant to any, um, anything someone's saying. So like your ability to learn and take in information is actually like, did I say that right? I know your ability to learn, not sure about taking in information, but there's definitely something there where it's like, you're not as good at it when you're, you're like arms crossed. Uh, or even like your feet cross. Cause I noticed that too. Like um, my old employer, my boss, he was huge into psychology. It's like, even your feet being crossed. And I'd be like, always trying to have an open posture. And then I realized like, I would always have my feet crossed. It's like, That's, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. I didn't know that about your feet, your, your, excuse me, your, your, your feet being crossed. I never know. Like that was actually um, a problem or anything like that. Yeah. It, it's not as big of a deal as like your arms being crossed, but it is like, there's something there where like your feet, like you are cr- closing off your body to someone in front of you because you, you feel threatened in some way. And people who, like you said, confidence, if you're feeling confident, then you don't feel threatened. So you're going to have that nice open posture. Mm, so yeah, then, yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah. So that's uh, def- definitely a lot there. And I like that you brought that up. And sometimes it goes into just like, like you said, doing those YTWs or other things help improve your posture, uh, mobility work sometimes um, because we have those muscle imbalances, like you said, because we're always like texting, keyboard, mouse, like we have just that, that major internal rotation. And then like we're slouched over the computer all day. Yeah. And it's not even like posture too. I mean, like people nowadays, their hips are so tight that, oh, yeah. that their back is flaring up. They're like, why, why is my back hurt all of a sudden? Well, your hips are super tight. Like you, your hip flexors are like rocks. So like, you know, I mean, to be honest, like if, if people really focused on three main areas, when it comes to moving with, with the purpose, I would really focus on your excuse me excuse me posture would would be one Mm -hmm. have better posture focus on your hip flexibility and three would be your feet and ankles nobody talks about the feet nobody talks about feet and ankles no but like it's literally so a lot of people um and i've and i've gotten a lot of hate about this and there's been (laughs) lots of like a lot of controversy over this but if if you have chronic pain in your knees that doesn't come from a knee injury or an or a knee surgery and it just randomly popped up one day it's either coming from your hip or your mm-hmm. ankle yes coming from your hip or the ankle and people are like you don't know what you're talking about man you don't have knees like like I do and all this other stuff and you know i know we're getting off track here but um you no, know for good. people for for the for the people that are listening, um, think of your knee, and I do want to say that I did hear this, I, I believe, from Mind Pump Media as well too. So to give them credit there, but think of your knee like a sliding glass door, mm-hmm. right? Your knee it does two functions: it flexes, so it opens up, okay, and then it 
extends, so it bends in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it it bends out and it bends in, and that yep. your knee. So think of it like a sliding glass door. When I open the door, that's me bending my knee up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when I shut the door, that's bending my knee down. Okay. Okay. Now let's say that we have something tight in the hip or the uh, excuse me or the ankle. Now all of a sudden, when you close that sliding glass door, or you have to open it back up, now it's starting to grind on those tracks now because something is off in the hip or ankle that's causing a movement a movement dysfunction in your knee. Yeah. I cannot yeah. tell you how many people like I had a client a couple of weeks ago. He came in and his his knee was hurting in a specific spot. So rather than, you know, not doing what we were going to do that day, we spent 10 minutes on the floor and I discovered that his TFL, his mm-hmm. fascia, I, I, I forget the full name. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. guys. Look Sorry. it up. TFL, yeah. you'll find it right away. Yeah. But essentially what we found out is it was super tight on him. So we did um, a barbell smash on the TFL mm-hmm. and his, his knee pain was gone and we were able to go through the workout. Right. Yeah. So that's why moving with a purpose is so powerful because you can avoid a lot of these aches and pains that you get whenever you start to age. Yeah. Um, so those of you listening, so I learned that the knee is quote unquote dumb joint because exactly what Logan said, you can't, it won't move unless the hip moves or the ankle moves and you can go ahead and as long as you have contact on the ground, I should say that if you have feet contact, which is where everyone's getting knee pain anyways, um, you can't move your knee one joint's going to move. So if either one of those joints have an issue, your knee's going to eventually have an issue. So you can go ahead and try it. I've tried it. I tr- when I learned, I'm like, I'm going to try this. You can't it's well, your ankle moves or your hip moves. There's no way around it. Yeah. I've never thought about that. Well, I'm off to try that once I stand up again. <laughs> yeah. So you can obviously prove it. Like if you're like doing like almost like a knee extension, like sitting, like I can do that right now. Like, Oh, see, just my knees moving. But if your feet are up, your knees probably not bother you then. But if you have bad knees and it's like when your feet have contact with the ground, that's where you run into issues. Okay. Like you said, there's not much, like there's not much mobility work or anything we can do for the knees, but everyone thinks like hamstring stretches, but like you said, hips get super tight. Ankles get super tight. We can do mobility work with that. And a lot of times that alleviates knee pain. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot agree more. Like people just need to focus on feet, ankles, hips, posture when it comes to move with a purpose. And you'll start to avoid a lot of aches and pains that you have whenever you age. I will say, um, I ignore doing, uh, and you work with like the feet for a long time. And then, uh, there's an account on Instagram called like squat university. Oh yeah. I'm sure you're familiar. And he went into it's like, Oh, okay. I see how important it is. Like, oh yeah, we wear these like massive like tennis shoes with like basically where we're walking on like mattresses and it just destroys, doesn't destroy, but it kind of like turns off all of our sensory information from our feet. And we have really weak feet and that causes a lot of knee and hip issues and back issues. Yeah. I mean, this first like tripped me out because like, I think I heard somewhere it's like, pick up your third toe 
all by itself. What the fuck? How? how yeah. Do how do you do that? <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. And then this person on the, on the video did it. I'm like, oh man, my feet are all messed up. And because like you're, you know, you are 100 right. We lose all our sensory nerves around there because we have padding on them from the from the day that like we can walk essentially. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna fight. I'm probably gonna fight my wife on this a lot because she kind of me and her butt heads on this. But <laughs> you know, I guarantee whenever we get to have kids, I'm not putting shoes on my kids for a bit because I want to help that you know help my children really develop the proper feet they need as they age. So they don't, you know, have maybe some movement, movement, uh, movement dysfunction as they age. Uh, yeah, we butt head with my wife's family. So we're both on the same, same page of like, we, we let her run outside barefoot with my daughter and do all these things. Or we try to get barefoot shoes, which they do make for kids. Um, so where they're very minimalistic and flexible, um, cause for the audience, you have almost the same amount of nerve endings in your feet as you do your hands. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can move your hands just fine. But like Logan said, can you move your like third toe? I can't, but can you move them pretty much all independently easily? Like someone's going to be at home, like, Oh, I can do it. I'm proving them wrong. And you're like thinking so hard. Like, no, can you do it effortlessly? Just yeah. like you move your thumb. Like, do you have to think about like moving your thumb like this or like your middle finger or your ring finger? Probably not. You can just like do it. So right. same thing applies there. But yeah, we do that with my daughter and we butt heads with the in-laws a little bit because they're like, oh, she needs shoes on her feet. Like, no, no, she does not. And when she does, it's like barefoot style shoes. Yeah. I mean, I like to think about going all the way back to how we evolved. I mean, you know, thousands of centuries ago, I mean, we didn't wear shoes back then, you know, we just, we had bare, like we just have our feet on, on the yeah. ground. I, I don't know how we got here, but now every person, you know, in, well, I guess I, I guess I shouldn't say every person, but in America, more specifically, everybody here has shoes on their feet. Well, and then we evolved, like when we did like get protection for a few, it was like moccasins with very like thin soles. Mm -hmm. So you could actually still feel the ground. Yeah. That's, that's a sensation. A lot of people are like, you can actually feel the ground and get information from that. And, but most people are like, live on like carpet and hardwood. And then they never go out and like have their feet, like just go outside and feel what like rocks and grass feel like. It's going to be yeah. like, for some people, it's overwhelming. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that, Chris, because I went to, um, excuse me, I went to Hawaii, like a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. And long travel day. I don't know. Um, yeah. Have you ever been there? I have, yes. Hawaii. Long, long travel. Very, very, very long travel. <laughs> and I just remember we finally got there. It was like, I think 6 p.m. their time, uh, which is like four hours behind me. Um, and I was super tired. Um, and I just remember I took my shoes off. I just went in the backyard of this Airbnb. The wind was blowing. The ground was like nice and moist. It was like the best feeling on earth. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, you know, just really being more in tune with your environment and like really just putting yourself on bare ground. I believe, I, I don't know, I'm if there's any science around it or anything that supports it. But I do believe that like it brings sense, like, like, like a sense of calming and a sense of more of a presence feeling. 
um, just kind of getting more in tune with your um, surroundings. Cause like a lot of people, they just go through life thinking that they're going to live forever in reality. We don't know if we're going to wake up tomorrow. So I think it's really important to just be more present. And I think just taking your shoes off is a great way to do that. Cause then like you have to really focus on your, where like you're stepping and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not going to quote any research cause I can't remember exactly, but you definitely get more, um, feedback from the ground, from your feet all the way up. So you're, you're getting feedback to your brain when you are barefoot versus like having shoes on with giant, basically giant soles, like the big pillows we have in like most tennis shoes and stuff, or like for the people who are like, uh, I'm not going outside barefoot. Cause that's a lot of Americans. Uh, you can get like barefoot style shoes. So there's plenty of companies out there that do that. And they're like super thin. And that's what I have. Like I have those, my wife has those. That's what we've moved to. And yeah, you still get like the protection quote unquote from the ground, but you can still sense the ground. It's not like you, like if you step on a rock, you can tell something's there. It's just like, it's not like a regular tennis shoe where you're like, oh, I didn't realize that was even like stuck in my shoe. Yeah, no, that's a great point as well too. Cause I think a lot of people, they're like, I'm not going outside. I live in lot like Los Angeles, California, which I yeah. highly don't rec- I highly don't recommend to go out bare barefoot there. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're gonna step in out there. So maybe like uh, a thinner shoe would definitely be um, a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I know like Vivo barefoot. I have zero. Um, I've had Merrells. There's there's quite a few companies out there that you can get get them from, and they're great. I have, I have them for hiking. Hiking is a great way to experience it. Um, just don't go on for a super long hike. If you do it with a barefoot shoe the first time, because, uh, your feet will get beat up if they're not used to it. It's just like training any other muscle. There are muscles in your feet. I can only imagine. Yeah. That would be brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Zero makes, I'm not sure other companies, but zero makes some um, barefoot style hiking shoes and they're great. Like I trip less because you can tell where all the rocks are easier. So you're, I'm not slipping as much. Um, it's actually way more enjoyable, but the first time you do it, if you're used to like the big, thick, regular hiking shoes and hiking boots, and then you go to that, you're like, I'm going to do an eight mile hike. Maybe start with like a three to four. Uh, cause you're going to be like, Oh, my, my feet hurt. Cause they're now flexing around rocks versus like this giant brick you have on your, on your feet that are just like clomping down. Yeah. You definitely have to train it just like any other body part that you yeah. would train in the gym. So, um, all right, not to change subjects, but we're training subjects cause we're running out of time. Um, so reverse dieting was something you have on here. So what do you want to tell the audience with reverse dieting? Cause this is something I do with my clients as well. We haven't talked about too much on the podcast. So this you'd be one, like the first ones to really deep dive into like reverse dieting here. Mm, well, what do you want to know? What's in, what, it, what is it? And why is it important for someone to actually do it? Okay. So essentially in my terms, what I tell our clients, what reverse dieting is, is a more, a more, excuse me, sorry. You're it's good. a more, strategic process and periodization to slowly increase calories over time to get your body to maintain at a higher calorie intake. Yeah. Right. So for example, 
why it's so important and what and what and what exactly that would look like. Let's say that somebody comes in and they're eating like 1200 calories, right? They have no confidence, it, uh, you know, it, excuse me, they're tired all the time. Their uh, hunger is at an all time low and they just don't know what to do next, mm -hmm. right? Like, where do you go from there? Do you just not eat, starve yourself? Like, that's not like, that's not going to lead to lasting change for, for life. Right? right. So what we would do, and again, this could take, you know, it, it could take 16 weeks. It could maybe take a little bit longer depending on the person and how long they might've went through dieting and things like that in the past. But we then take that person from 1200 calories to let's just call it 2200 calories. Their body is able to adapt and over time, we notice minimal weight gain, right? Yes. Now, you might notice some weight gain, but 90% of people that go through this process, they experience some sort of body recomposition to mm -hmm. where they put on more lean muscle tissue to where their body's burning more calories at rest and they actually lose body fat because they've taken their body from a state of starving to where it's now starting to thrive again. Yeah. I, I remind people like they're also going to eat more carbs, which is going to cause you to like retain some water. So that's going to be weight. And then you're actually just eating more food, which surprise, surprise, food has weight. That's why we wear food. So if you're eating going from 1200 to 2200 calories, that might be a pound, two pounds extra food. So yeah, that scale is going to show that because it's in your stomach. Yeah. And I mean, to add on to that, like one gram of carbs holds about three to four ounces of water. And then, and then you add salt on top. Ounces of or gram, grams of water. I, I thought it was um, I'm an ounce of water. So three okay. to four ounces of water. So one gram holds about three to four uh, um, ounces of water. Uh, one gram of carbohydrate does. And then okay. you add sodium and salt on top of that. Then your body is now retaining six to seven ounces of water. Right. Yeah. So um, you're going to notice the, the scale go up. That's why in the in the process of reverse dieting, it's super important that you throw the scale away and you really focus on waste measurements and your biofeedback. Biofeedback for those that are listening in is strength, energy, uh, hunger, performance, your gut health, things like that. Yeah, definitely. It's the biofeedback super important. You're going to see changes in the mirror. Clothes are going to fit better, but that scale might not move. Um, yeah. But once you get to that, so the, if you're like, there's no way I could eat 1200 calories or 2200 calories. Yep. That's exactly what we do as coaches. Like we bring people back to that. And then it's when you go into that next dieting phase, if you need to go into one, it's super easy you're eating more food than ever. You're like, how am I losing weight at 1800 calories? I could, could never lose weight with eating more than 1200. Like, nope, that's, you've fixed your metabolism through the reverse dieting process. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, it's crazy. And the process of reverse dieting, when we zoom out and look at it from a long-term perspective, you not only set your body up to work for you again, but you also in the process develop healthy habits and behaviors that really, really last in long-term sustainable change. 
And that's what nobody talks about because the person that's eating 1200 calories, they probably sleep like shit. They probably train like shit. And excuse me, I'm, I'm not no, supposed to good. Talk, but no, you're good. Essentially their lifestyle is in the, is in the trash and their quality of life is so poor that they just feel like crap. Right. And in the process of reverse dieting, everything else starts to come back. You start to sleep better. You start to have a higher sex drive. So now, you know, you're having more sex, which is ultimately been shown to help um, improve quality of life. And um, just overall, you feel so much better. So it's much more than priming your body to work for you again. It's really about, you know, what we teach in our program and being able to really develop that identity we need to support the overall long-term goals that you have. Love that. Perfect. All right. We are kind of out of time. So thing I do with everyone at the end of the podcast now is, so I'm huge into the outdoors, um, hunting, hiking, gardening, backpacking. So what I want to ask you is, uh, do you have a favorite outdoor memory or something that you really enjoy doing that in the outdoors that helps you um, with like your mental health or your physical health? Mm. My favorite outdoor activity that I do would probably be golf. I, I golf more than I hike. Um, I do live in Utah where we have lots of beautiful mountains here to go hike. So I would like to go hiking more um, this summer, but for me personally, I being able to go golf still provides a sense of clarity. It really just helps me um, just overall mentally be the person that I need to be for our business, our clients, and just overall myself. Awesome. Love that. So where can people find you? They can find me on Facebook at Logan DeCamp on, um, excuse me, on Instagram at Champ DeCamp on TikTok, Champ Talk with Logan or my Facebook group, Fat Loss Made Easy for Men and Women. Awesome. So those links are going to be down in the show notes, guys. So make sure to go give Logan a follow, reach out to him if you have any questions and thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me here, Chris. This has been fun. Definitely. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode with Logan. Make sure to go check out the links down below. Also, make sure to check out the other freebies down below. We have the 5-Day Faster Fat Loss course, and we also have the 12-Week Rucking Guide down below. So if you are looking at fall for hunting season like myself, or maybe it's going to be a time for hiking or backpacking, you know I'm huge into the outdoors. That is the perfect guide for you to get in shape for those activities. And even if you're not huge into the outdoors, it is still a great way to work out without it needing like a gym or any like special equipment. Like you can just get a backpack and get going with that. So if you want that, that is down in the show notes along with our 101 client application, which we do have a few spots here open here in July when this episode has come out. So make sure to go down and check that stuff out. And while you're at it, make sure to leave a review for the show. Leave five, Give it the episode five stars. Leave a review. I do read those when you guys drop them. And it's helpful for helping other people find the show as long as... Messed up there. 
And it's also helpful for me to determine what information you guys want in future episodes.